Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gaze. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And I, I was talked into... I was talked into... <laughs> Bradley peer pressured me. <sighs> We're done with Book of Boba Fett. Chapter is closed. Which the chapter is because we are living in a post Book of Boba Fett world. I am delighted that I can have my Wednesday nights to go to sleep back. You know what's funny is I I thought about this. It's hilarious that I started air quotes reading during the show called Book of Something. Um, I find that ironic that <laughs> that's when I started reading. This is this truly was the book of Bradley Brower. That's that's yeah, what this was. That's really it's, what it was. <laughs> it's the, it's <laughs> this is about you learning to read. My journey. I uh, fuck Boba Fett. This is my journey. <laughs> As we know, you're the main character here, Bradley. Everyone I'm the main character in every story. I don't see. I tell my friend this all the time. I say, every time he tells me about his problems or something about his life i go oh that's nice but it doesn't matter because you don't exist i'm the only person that exists in this universe and everything that i'm perceiving is my own reality and nothing else exists so every time you come up with something i came up with that the only reason why you're having trouble at work is because of me so today on gold squadron gays bradley (laughs) discovers solipsism Bradley stumbles into this by accident. <laughs> I will not explain to him in detail what it is. I uh, am the Matrix. Seems, because he seems to have already discovered it on his own. <laughs> uh, yes, the Book of Boba Fett is finally ended. We have a mm-hmm. little bit of a break, but as we close the book, we like to revisit the journey that we've been on over the past eight weeks. I am counting the episode zero in that. Normally I like to uh normally I like to re-watch the show, like I'll marathon the whole thing before we do our recap, but we're recording this the day after we recorded the episode seven review. So I didn't have a chance to do that. It's also pretty fresh. It's not super like yeah, it's not like Bad Batch, where we started Bad Batch, right. and then four months later, we did the recap <laughs> yes, for yeah. Bad Batch. And That's a little like, harder, yeah. I have to go back and watch episode, at least the first few episodes again, just so I, Book of Boba Fett, it was like, okay, it's it's yeah. on, and then less than two months later, we're done with right. it. It's, it's theoretically a mini-series. I mean, it, that's what it feels like, anyway. Truly, yeah, and I... I wish they wouldn't waffle so much on whether or not it's a like a multi-season show or whether or not it's limited. Like Kenobi, they're just saying it's a limited series. Right. Okay, so we know beginning, middle, and end, that's what we're getting. That's it. Book of Boba Fett, it's like, it maybe we'll get a season two. Like, we've definitely left the door open for a season right. two. But no, 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 we don't know. Like, okay. I, I can only compare it to like, loki which literally in their credits was like by the way there's going to be a season two and we're gonna announce it at the end of the show like versus say wandavision where we were like whoa this is a cool little mini series because we didn't really know what the structure of the marvel shows were yet everybody was like is there going to be a season two to wandavision i don't know like it doesn't really make sense but technically there's not going to be so the best comparison that i could make to the marvel shows is probably hawkeye where Hawkeye is clearly set up in such a way that if this is the only Hawkeye show we get, 
then it has a beginning, middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. However, if they wanted to make another season of Hawkeye, there's very obviously some stuff that they've set up there that they could do. I mean, we could speculate on Marvel all day. I was, gonna, <laughs> I, was uh, gonna say. I I wonder if any other shows that we know have split off into a totally separate Marvel podcast as well. Hmm, mm. That would be an interesting thing. Hmm. Anyway, go check out Dark Side Divas and Marvelous Divas. I hear Marvelous <laughs> Divas is good. I haven't listened to it yet. I have a recording. All right. Well, Bradley, you want to take us into our discussion on the finale of Book of Boba Fett? I think it's interesting that they were able to take a show and make it about a character that had less than two minutes of screen time in the original It's trilogy. like, yeah, it's like eight minutes of screen time that he oh, is has. It eight? Oh, I wasn't counting the prequels. I was counting just the... No, I'm not counting either. In the original trailers, it's like something like eight minutes of screen time. Like Really? If you yeah, combine like... New Hope and Return of the Jedi and Empire, he has eight minutes? Oh, I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, something like eight movies. minutes of okay. screen time. Okay, I was I was thinking he was in there way too short. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is nice that they did go in and fill this. Like, I was not interested in the Boba Fett show. Yeah. Like, I like him well enough, particularly in the comics where he gets to do more stuff, but mm. I've never found him to be a particularly interesting character with the exception of the Clone Wars era Boba Fett, where he's like, he's got Mace Windu there to be antagonistic towards. He's kind of learning how to be a bounty hunter. I did think that was interesting, particularly the Boba Fett young adult books uh, from Legends, but basically everything else, I've never thought him to be an interesting character. I know I complained at the beginning I thought when Legends brought him back, they basically made him do Bounty Hunter stuff again, which I thought was boring and dumb that they Mm -hmm. had just brought him back for that. Uh, And then they made him Mandalore for some reason, which uh, I also thought was dumb because I didn't think Boba Fett as a character would make that jump into being like a family man who's in charge of the Mandalorians. Like, I didn't think... Here, it almost kind of is the middle ground where he's Mm. still doing underworld stuff, which it feels like he always had more of a connection to than the Mandalorians. Even if he technically was one in Legends, it's complicated. Uh, But he also is like setting down roots and assembling a found family and all sorts of stuff that, you know, is character progression, but it's character progression that made sense to me. And think about where we were a couple years ago when they were like "Uh oh they're gonna make all these movies and they were like they're gonna make the kenobi movie they're gonna make the boba fett movie and that was like all we knew like that they were gonna make and then we and now they've kind of crossed over into television shows it's like let's live in an alternate reality right now what happens if they make the boba fett movie is it even remotely close to the (laughs) storyline That's a good question. I've always wondered, like I speculated a long time ago, I speculated that the Mandalorian might have been built off some of the pre-production work and development work that would have been done for the Boba Fett film. Right. That I, I speculated that they took some concepts and stuff from that film and incorporated them into the Mandalorian. I have to wonder how many of them were incorporated into this idea as well. That's something that we will probably never know, but I would really like to know details of that Boba Fett film. Yeah, I feel like if I could just get in a room with John Fav and just be like, hey, how much of the OG either 
pre-planning or the script or whatever there was at any point in time, like even just a notepad that Kathleen Kennedy has put in a safe in her, you know, her mansion. And it says like, this is the plot of the Boba Fett movie. Yes. I'm sure there's documents like somewhere. There's gotta be like in a vault somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. I'm always curious, like years down the line, how something developed. I don't like when it becomes like, here's an issue that I have with film reporting is that, and this is especially Star Wars, is that with the news cycle being the way it is now, where you've got to have a story every five fucking minutes, you have to have something to put out. And so minor quirks in development or things that are normal in development will be blown up into these huge news stories, particularly when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars and DC. Oh my God, These yes. things are going to get blown up, even though if it happens on another film that's not to do with these, nobody bats an eyelash because it's completely normal. Yeah. Like people being replaced. Yes. Uh, people leaving projects. Uh, people leaving uh, people indefinitely delaying projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then IGN runs a trash story about it uh, and peddles rumor bullshit and I don't have the time to complain about that on the show now, uh, but I really do not like IGN. But that's that's the thing with, I'm curious to see these things in the past. The problem is they're reported on in the present mm-hmm. and they're treated as like these major deals when in reality, you and I both have worked in production capacities before we both know Making things is big and complicated and changes a lot. And even big corporations aren't immune from this. Mm-hmm. So it would be something that when the, when we as Star Wars fans have the emotional distance from this era, I would be curious to know more of the nitty gritty of how things were developed behind the scenes, particularly as it escalates further through more Mandalorian and Ahsoka into whatever this giant crossover is they're going to do. I'd be curious too, especially with this era of Star Wars, this like timeline like that we're in right now with the TV shows, because they, at this point before Kenobi comes out, you know, they all are interconnected and it's funny because I wonder how it's going to look like we give this show like 10 years to breathe and we come back to it and we try to watch it. If it holds up in the same like kind of light, yeah, that is an interesting thought. Because, like, we talk about the idea of rewatchability of shows. Like, Clone Wars is something you can rewatch every couple of years. Rebels is something you can rewatch every couple of years just on its own. Uh, I wonder where we're going to get to the point. Because, like, I, I haven't rewatched Bad Batch since we covered it. No, I haven't either. I feel and bad. And part about of that. it. Part of it is because of the nature of how doing this podcast for over a year, shout out to us, we made it over a year, how doing this podcast over a year has changed the way that I watch Star Wars. Mm -hmm. But I also just, I I have no desire to go back and watch it. Like I think about it every so often. I have the, the unfortunately named shuttle on the shelf behind me as we record this um, because it was a Christmas gift. I, I really I don't think to myself often, oh man, it'd be really cool to go back and rewatch the Bad Batch. It's more like, yeah, I could put the Bad Batch on. So I do have to ask, returning to the Book of Boba Fett specifically, we didn't do an episode ranking like we did with The Mandalorian. Right. uh, Because it is somewhat difficult to do without all the episodes out. 
what was your favorite episode and what was your least favorite episode? Ooh, this is good. Um, I know it's good because you suggested it in the pre-meeting. I just happened to be the one saying it on the recording. <laughs> um, okay. This is, I don't know. It's so hard because I consider five and six such like a outlier. Like, I don't know if you can count them in my ranking because they're not technically part of the Book of Boba. Okay, so my least favorite episode is probably the Streets of Moss Espa minus introducing Chrysanthemum and the twins. Like all that, or the, I'm sorry, not introducing them. The stuff resolving, with them. resolving Resolve. their one scene. Their one scene, I, I enjoy that because it introduces the Rancor, it introduces Chrysanthemum is like kind of not on the, his side, but like clearly not his enemy anymore. So I, I, I don't know. I just think that episode is just a little weak. And I don't think it's because of the mods. I think it's just, just nothing to me happens. Like, there's just not enough, enough of the pushing the story forward. Um, also, I don't enjoy Robert Rodriguez episodes. I don't think that his episodes are that great. Um, minus the maybe the, the pilot, but I... Generally, generally, I concur. The pilot is fine. The... Right finale is clearly where he put all of his action chops which yeah, yeah, yeah that does come across it's not like robert rodriguez is a bad director and he clearly shows in the finale that he is a good action director because there's some good action in that but i do agree that like so the other ones he directed are a bit blah yeah i and i hate to say this but chapter five Return of the Mandalorian is probably my favorite episode <laughs> with Bryce Dallas Howard directing. I mean, I know it's not technically <laughs> the book of Boba, but I felt like it was such a good episode because it really did kind of, maybe because it's a Mandalorian episode, that's probably why it was so good. But that's, yeah, that's my favorite one. I'll give you that. Uh, I think we're going to have a rare moment of agreeing on something uh, because episode three was by far my least favorite episode of the series yeah, yeah, yeah i know some people that i i know that were around me talked about wanting to stop watching after that episode and i definitely see why it was a very weak episode it was i felt like the hut stuff the twin stuff and and the chrysanthemum stuff like i liked it but it felt very weak to me the the slow speed chase was baffling in its execution and the tuscan stuff was bad like just in general a uh, bad, bad writing choice that was made that dampened a lot of it. And generally it's it's a slow, low stakes episode that moves the plot along at a very glacial kind of lurch forward. Mm. It's like a, a, a drunk stagger forward as opposed to the other episodes, which do at least take a few steps of their own volition. So... Not like the worst episode of TV I've ever seen. It's, you know, still Star Wars and I still love it for being Star Wars, but it definitely had the most stuff that I was like, I don't like this. Anywhere between meh and I am actively opposed to this choice. I think my top episode, I, I was debating between this one and Return of the Mandalorian. You said Return of the Mandalorian. So I'm going to be contradictory and I'm going to say episode two. Oh, Travis Tatooine, yeah. Tribes of Tatooine was my favorite. That's, that's probably the highest, on, at not, least for a Boba episode. Right. Not just for the incredible train action stuff, 
which was fantastic. The introduction of Kersantin and the Hutt yep. twins was fun. Now, yep. I thought it got resolved super quickly in episode three. Right. So that they could randomly swap them out with the Pikes for the back half of the series. But yeah. I did love their initial introduction. I thought it was awesome. Um, the humanization of the Tuscans, phenomenal. I love the conversation that popped up around it. I, I, I just loved everything about that episode. It was absolutely fantastic. And then to immediately follow by episode three, it's like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. But Return of the Mandalorian, definitely a close second. I only did not put it as number one because you put it at number one. And fuck you. It, here's the thing, though. If, if, I, if I couldn't pick that episode because of it's technically a Mandalorian episode... I would I would argue that the teaser of six and the end of six, like the the two sandwiches, the two bread pieces of the sandwich of the episode are the best Book of Boba stuff because it's Cobb Banff and Cad Bane pulling up. Like that I think that stuff is just epic Book of Boba. Well, this is a good transition to my next note because my next note is I, I want to briefly talk about like what is some of the stuff in there that you didn't think worked in the overall series or you didn't like. Mm. And that transitions because I think a big one for me, and I mentioned this in our episode seven review, was Cad Bane. I yeah. felt like saving him for this grand reveal in episode six, when he's clearly set up to be an emotional confrontation for Boba in episode seven served to the detriment of the show and i know why they did it they wanted it to be this big surprise like oh cad banged back Corey yeah. burton's voicing him is it and where if they had even mentioned him earlier in the show if they had mentioned that backstory somewhere that would have hit a lot harder for me and i do I think, think so. that a broader issue i have with the show is there were things that should have been set up earlier or shouldn't have been handled in ways that are like, oh, this is a surprise. This is shocking. Like they were never seated anywhere mm. earlier in the show. Cad Bane being the biggest example, but also the stuff in Freetown, but with Freetown versus the, the people of Moss Espa, where there was that right rivalry there, literally never fucking mentioned uh, until episode six when Freetown is discussing. So mm. Those are some things that I, what about you, Bradley? What are some things that didn't really land for you? Um, I think the show had a strong start. I think the first two episodes, like I feel like the setup was good. And then when they introduced Chrysanthemum and the twins, you were like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Like this show is about to take off. It is Boba against the twins. Like they've got Chrysanthemum there. It's going to be this whole thing. And that's the show. And then you're right. Episode three, it just, they were like, okay the twins are gone okay chrysanthemum's gone like it was kind of like one of those things where it's like oh okay well wait 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 wait. come back like you had you had it right like you're good like stop 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 and yeah i think that that kind of left a bad taste in people's mouth and they couldn't get back from it and so we were distracted for you know a, a mini episode where they had good moments i think episode four has some good moments in it because um, they're kind of getting back to what is good about the show um, right? with the Sarlacc pit and everything. And um, I, I, you know, I think that's where they were, they were trying to get back into it, but then, then they jar you by sticking in chapter five, which is return of the Mandalorian 
and not to say that, I mean, like I said, it's my favorite episode because it's so good, but it's also an episode of The Mandalorian in the middle of a show about Boba Fett. And it does not work in that it does not connect to the show. Again, we need to divorce the idea that this is the book of Boba Fett and not this is the Mandalorian, the universe, not necessarily the show, you know? So I think that's the issue is that people have is that they're already treating this like it's a universe and not its own individual shows first, which I think that if you take a page from the Marvel book, it is here's Iron Man, here's the Thor movie, here's the Captain America movie, here's the Hulk movie, you know, whatever. And then, then you do the Avengers movie. So you let everybody in their character breathe in their own universe for a little bit in their own bubble. And then you hint at it in the little end credit scenes. And then you finally bring them all together in the final, final thing. Kind of like Defenders did with Netflix. Um, And those characters, they gave them all their own show first and then came together in their own show. So something similar to that, I wish they would have done instead of kind of including all this. But it's, it's, I mean, I'm being nitpicky, but I'm also not because it's technically the rule of a TV show. This is the section to be nitpicky in. (laughs) But like, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I don't think that chapter five would have been that much of um, a strike against them if chapter six had been solely both that stuff. If they had gotten rid of all the Luke and Grogu stuff out of chapter six, I would have been like, okay, you pass the test because the smell test of you had one Mandalorian episode and it was important for his character to know all that stuff that happened to him. So you know what? Fine. I'll give you that we took a detour episode and you did Mandalorian stuff. My issue comes with chapter six starts off so fucking strong with Cobb Vanth. And then it's just like cuts to Ahsoka and Luke and Grogu and Mando and doing all this R2-D2 and all this crap. And you're just like, You know what the problem with this show is structurally? Bradley, you watched all of Game of Thrones, right? And not in the hyperbolic joke of all six seasons of Game, but genuinely all eight. Yes, I've genuinely watched all of it. Okay. So you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. People made fun of the quote-unquote talky episodes in the first four seasons or so of Game of Thrones, where they were like, oh, they have to do this exposition, because they have to put boobs on screen to get us to watch the exposition episodes, these are so boring, yada, yada, yada. Right. The problem is when you got to seasons seven and eight, and particularly season eight, showed quite clearly why those boring talky episodes were necessary for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because episode eight was basically nothing, or not episode eight, season eight was basically nothing but event episodes. Yeah. The entire season. It was supposed to, it was all these big things and like they didn't do any of the connective tissue. Like we we get up to Winterfell and then we're doing the long night. And then as soon as we're done with the long night, we have to turn around and race down south so that we can do the the Battle of King's Landing. Like we're trying to rush to get to that. And yeah. like they're trying to, they have these big moments, but they don't have the connective tissue. Like spoilers for Game of Thrones, but you don't need to watch the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. Just read the Wikipedia. I just said Wikipedia. Read the Wikipedia, guys. Read the Wikipedia on Game of Thrones. Read the Wikipedia on, on the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. But it's like when when uh, Danny's friend gets killed and it causes her to go off the deep end. We get like one episode where she's on a, already kind of losing it. Yeah. 
like it cuts to the next episode and she's standing there and she won't eat. We don't get a lot of time to marinate that. And I feel like Boba has the same issue where it structured itself around all these reveals and all these characters that were popping up. And what it didn't do was give us the connecting tissue to make us care. Mando had stuff that popped up, but Mando also made sure to have episodes in between to make sure we care. Season two, I... The Siege is not a a stellar episode of The Mandalorian. It really isn't. But it does a good job in taking a moment to show how our core cast works together. Grief and Kara and Din and Grogu all on this sort of mission together. And that's our core cast doing stuff. Right. Like So it was an important episode in the overall arc of that season because eventually they're going to need all of those people to cooperate at the end and i felt like boba jumped from big moment to big moment especially in the back half without any of the connecting tissue and do you think that that's because they didn't have enough episodes i agree wholeheartedly they needed i have maintained that the last two seasons of game of thrones would have at least been watchable had they included had they been full 10 episode seasons oh 100 percent Where if they had taken the time to breathe, Boba Fett is exactly the same way. It would have, I think it's good and we'll get to stuff I liked in a minute. My main issue with it is that it didn't breathe and give us that connective tissue that it really should have, especially since episodes one and two were so good about diving, slowing down and diving into Mm -hmm. Boba's psyche. And then it picked up and it never thought to slow down again. Yeah, I feel like, so we have seven episodes. I think if there was a chapter eight and nine, I think we would have been better off because then I I don't think that the Luke Skywalker stuff would have been such a egregious, you know, kind of strike against the show. Like, because then it's okay if we show Grogu and we show where he's his journey is right now because he's important in the finale. You know what I mean? Like, so that's okay to show that, but you got to give us some breathing room. And I think they didn't do that because I think if we had at least two more, well, what is it? Is the standard eight episodes? Uh, the standard is eight. The it's standard, eight? Okay. Is, well, for Star Wars TV, it's yeah, yeah. been eight because both been Mandalorians eight. Okay. have been eight. So uh, then that's Bad what we're was at least a multiple of eight. Right. So we're, we're missing the eighth episode of Book of Boba. I think that's where this show, I think they, they were trying to rush the story a little too much because they did have to squeeze in a Mandalorian episode. They had to squeeze in Grogu's moment. And I think that ex- that in itself was an extended episode and they should have either truncated that storyline down and given us some more Boba stuff in between, or they should have given us a full episode again of Boba doing something else so that it just felt. 100%. If they had said, okay, we're going to do eight episodes and we're going to do episode five's return of the Mandalorian episode six, we're going to go back to Tatooine. Den is not going to be in it at all. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to show what's happening with boba or how boba is reacting to what's going on and we really take some time to set up how tatooine is changing under the pikes and then we do episode six that would have felt a little bit better than two episodes of the show don't really focus on boba fett at all 
See, I kind of wish, yeah, you know what I wish they would have done? I wish they would have done chapter five, keep it the same, do Mandalorian story. Chapter six, I would have done half. I would have done half the Luke Skywalker Grogu stuff. Keep that whole scene with Ahsoka and everything. And then the other half do what's going on on Tatooine during that time with Boba. Well, that's kind of what they were trying to do because the Cobb Vance stuff and the Grace Flip stuff is in that episode. And I said at the time, that was the thing from episode five that they fixed, but they also had thrown the Grogu stuff. And at the time we didn't know why we were seeing Luke train him. We know now is so he can have a better command of the force during the finale and get his moment. Right, but what what I was gonna say was that I think the Cobb Vance stuff and then the Cad Bane reveal, all that, all that Garza stuff, that needs to be its own episode, a uh, separate from the Luke Skywalker stuff. So there needs to be a an extra episode basically of Cobb Vance, and I need to have basically his storyline because I think it was cut a little too short. I think because he only had the two scenes. So I think if there was that middle chunk where he had to solve some problem with the Pikes or something where they got pissed off. And then cause them to get mad or something and be like, okay, now we need to bring in the big guns for the finale or something like that. That should have been its own kind of storyline, I think. But Boba would have been involved so that the people of Freetown had a reason to come help him. Does that make sense? They need to do something there. Yeah, we we definitely were missing, like, we were missing escalation on Tatooine because it goes from, we're going to war uh oh by the way we're going to deal with the mandalorian and we're coming back to tatooine oh no they've blown up garza flips sanctuary yeah. oh no like and it also doesn't hit as hard because we've spent so much time away from tatooine like right. if we had had a little more moment no i don't think they should have made a garza flip centric episode because that was very blatantly be telegraphing that she was about to die but i do yeah. think that going back to tatooine in some way shape or form in the middle there that's not den being in a garage the whole time would have definitely helped (laughs) i want to go ahead and and move on then now that we've addressed some of the overarching issues with the show just address some what are some things bradley that we really liked about this series because i i could only speak for myself but i i didn't hate watching it oh no i thought this show was a lot of fun um i actually think that my favorite part of the show were all the new characters that were introduced on Tatooine. I think that they feel Star Wars enough to me that they feel right. Like they feel lived in. They feel they exist. I can like I can follow these characters. Like I I didn't know anything about some older ones that they brought back from, you know, comic books and stuff like that. And it's kind of nice to see them. But then there was new characters that I was like, oh, these are fun. Like Garza was a really fun character to like add in. I liked her style. I liked everything she did. Every scene she had was good. I liked, um, I actually enjoy the mods because I think there's something new and different with Star Wars. They're kind of like what I would consider the new old Star Wars. And I say that because it's like- It's exactly the kind of thing that George Lucas would have done if he thought of it. Like it's very American graffiti. Exactly. I feel like it's it's what he would have wanted to do in Star Wars. He just never had the capability to do it. And it's like, he would have thought of it eventually. He just didn't have the chance to. I don't know. I like them. I think they're cool. They they work. And then um, I love uh, Chris Anton and we need more of him. That's probably another takeaway. I agree. Yeah. And one thing that I really, really loved was the bringing... I love it when Lucasfilm does this where they say, okay, we need a like fanatic 
rebel. Uh, well, we have Saw Gerrera in the animated shows. Let's use him. Uh, or they say, we need a hut enforcer who's a bounty hunter who can work for the huts and then turn around and join Boba Fett later on. And so they're like, well, why not use Black Chrysanthemum? We have this Wookiee here already existing in the universe. I do like it when they can incorporate things in like that. No, I, I agree. I loved the both the exploration of the Tuscans and their relationship with the planet and the relationship with the quote-unquote settlers of Tatooine, uh, but also just the difference between the people of Mos Espa, the people of Mos Eisley, the people of Freetown. I really thought that this show did a fantastic job of really outlining the difference in vibes between Mos Espa and Mos Eisley. I was not wild about spending so much time on Tatooine, but in the time that they've spent here, they've done a good job of delving into kind of the overall feel of the planet. And if we're going to spend a bunch of time on the planet, we might as well. Right. And at least I think people were afraid when they were like, oh, it's just going to be Tatooine. But you know what? I think that this show, one thing positive thing is that it does kind of stay on Tatooine for the most part, minus the, you know, Mandalorian, Luke Skywalker stuff. Because when it does stay, like you, you're getting one solid story. You're not going away and doing all these other little things that Mando likes to do in his show. Like It's the difference between season seasons one and four, and to an extent three, of Rebels, where they're staying on the same planet, mm-hmm. and you get a strong sense for that planet. Versus like season two where they're jetting around to different planets, right? which is fun, but it's a very different type of story. Yeah. One thing too, that I really liked that definitely we have not brought up, but we definitely need to, uh, is just Ming-Na Wen and Tamara Morrison in general, their whole vibe. Every time they're on screen together, I liked that the characters had disagreements, but they never really went that route where it's like, oh, it's Finnick versus Boban something. Like, they are always a team. They are always, like, communicating with each other. When they're, they clearly have different and distinct characters that rub up against each other sometimes, but I really loved the dynamic between those two characters and the way that Ming-Na Wen and Tamara Morrison played them. Like, you can tell you can tell they're both having fun being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because especially with a character like Fennec that was, you know, introduced in one episode of The Mandalorian where they instantly kill her in that episode. And then you're like, well, that sucks because she's such a cool actor. And like, why can't she breathe and be like in this world? And then they were like, oh, by the way, she's going to be in Bad Batch. And we were like, oh, that's fun. And then we saw her in Bad Batch and we were like, oh, cool. She actually does things and she's cool and she can, you know, take on all these people and she's actually a badass. And then once we found out Book of Boba was happening and she's alive, um, we were like, fuck yeah. Like more, more, more. Yeah, and when the action in this show is blah, it's pretty blah. And when the action in this show is good, it's really good. Yeah. But Finnick Shand does not miss any action scene that she's in. She literally Like, I can miss. say that. <laughs> doesn't miss. No, like, every scene that I can think of where she's, like, doing something cool, like in episode four when she's fighting on the moving ship, 
uh, episode one where she's chasing those dudes down the rooftop. Uh, the whole fucking mass murder scene in episode seven, like everything. I don't think she got enough time, right? frankly, to do stuff. But when she did stuff, like it was all impeccable. It was all good. It was yeah. all impeccable. Uh, I, I just loved the dynamic between them. I loved the way that they interacted. I love the way that they both, you know, did cool stuff, but were clearly characters. And I just love the interaction between the two characters. I thought that really did a good job of making that the heart of the show for me without tending in the direction of causing unnecessary conflict between them. Well, Bradley, uh, as we close out the book of Boba Fett, a joke we've only made about a hundred thousand times. <laughs> what yeah. are your final thoughts on the series as a whole? Um, final thoughts are, you know, this is uh, this has clearly been the show that we thought we were getting with The Mandalorian when it was first announced, and we were pleasantly surprised that it wasn't Book of Boba, and we were like, we don't want a Book of Boba, we don't want anything to do with Boba Fett, we like having a new Mandalorian character, but once we got Book of Boba, I genuinely feel like it is a surprising fun like note like i feel like this this show is the show version of what i think of the solo movie which is it's just fun right it's just a fun movie like it doesn't have to be that serious it doesn't have to be like so tied down in the skywalker saga and it doesn't have to be super like you know whatever i mean yes luke skywalker is in this show but he's not so in this that it's taking you out of the fun story too much um so that's why i like solo is because it's just it's just a fun time and so i think same with this it's just i think this show i'll look back on it and be like yeah this was just a fun show it's not that serious it's just like a little quick deep dive into you know boba fett's little story and then like then you get out and then that's it i definitely agree i think you know, I mentioned on the last episode that my litmus test for Star Wars, the, the one thing that I always ask is, is it fun? This is definitely fun. For all the show's missteps and all the things that I have to critique about it, it, it was a very enjoyable show. I thought they did a very good job. The stuff they got right, they absolutely got right. Uh, I think it's a, a very good entry into the sort of the Mandalorian overarching series that they're doing. And I really hope that they bring these characters back and let them interact, divorced of this story. You and I have talked about that the first season of a show, they always build the characters and the plot in tandem. And when they're developing season two, they have the characters already set up and they have to find situations to put them in. And a lot of times I find that makes seasons two and three of shows tend to be a little bit better because they're developing it with the characters already established. And I really would like to see that from the mods and Kersantan and Boba and Finnick and uh, everyone in their sort of environment. So a lot of times I'm like, okay, that's good. We don't need a, a sequel. I do think this one would benefit from at least one more season to hang out with these guys. Yeah, I think that the one thing that we didn't get this season was uh, there was no boss. There was no Forlom. There was no uh, all the other ones that I have on my wall back there. Um, but that would have been like i feel like that maybe they're saving it for a season two like i don't know like maybe, we don't really like, know where this show is going so i wouldn't i wouldn't mind them bringing them back for uh for like delving into a little more the bounty hunter side of things yeah. in this one i mean overall if 
like I said at the very beginning, if they want to end the show, the Boba Fett arc here, and this is the only season of this we get, I think it's fine. I think it's pretty good even. Uh, but I'm not going to say no to a season two. I'm not going to say no to a season Omega. Oh my God, Bradley, you need <laughs> to let this go. You need to I, let this go. I want it on oh the record God. now because I'm telling you, even if it's five years from now, even if it's one month from now, when we find out that both that and Omega meet each other, like it's going to happen. I'm telling you. And then you know what? You're going to be sorry that you were so, so against this show. Cause you're going to be like, Oh my God, Omega is the best character that's ever been on live TV. I love her so much. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I'm a nerd. And day, you're going to say that. <laughs> the day, First of all, that is the best impression me I've ever heard. Second of all, the day that Boba Fett and Omega meet, if it happens in live action, you can hold this over my head for the rest of my life. Um, but if not, I am never going to let you forget this. What if, okay, wait, what if it happens in Bad Batch? Somehow? I think it's going to happen in Bad Batch. Okay, okay, okay. I think Does that count as the same or is that like not the same? We will, we will cross that bridge when it happens. We will have <laughs> to see what the vibes are. All right. All right. As we are ending here uh, real fast, I want to go over what's coming up next on the show in the next couple of weeks. We are taking the next week off of publishing an episode. So the week after this airs, there will not be a Gold Squadron Gaze episode on that Monday. uh, Because frankly, we all need a break. Uh, And then after that, uh, Bradley and I are going to fill some time at least before Kenobi, if not, you know, Bad Batch coming out sooner than Kenobi. We still don't fucking know right. when the Bad Batch is coming out, but we're going to fill some time. Bradley and I are going to watch through the original Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars show that's on Disney+. And we're going to see uh, how badly Bradley mispronounces the name Gendy Tartakovsky every week. Uh, I didn't even know that's how you said it. I thought it was like Genity or something. So I'm probably going to say it different every time <sighs> as a running joke. But then also like... Mr. Tartakovsky, I apologize. We are famously bad with names on this show. I was like, sir, I love Samurai Jack. I, 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 I appreciate your work. I just don't know how to say your name. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did we forget something? Email us at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze, and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze.